Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you today? I am so excited that I have a guest with me and she is someone who's very special to me. I have known Becky, then Hadley, now Becky Cutright, since she was an undergraduate at the university that I worked with in Northeast Missouri, Truman State University. She was actually my what did we decide? Like my third ever intern, I think, Becky. And uh, I think so. I, I remember clearly that she and I um, sat in the library area of the Career Center one day, and she just was so open with me and shared her life with me. And I think I shared some things with her. And I think it was on that day. I don't know if you remember this at all, but I just connected with you immediately and that was about day one for your internship but I just felt this kinship with you and um, and through all the ups and downs of your internship um, I just grew closer and closer to you and have uh, maintained a relationship with you since since those many years ago so why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself Becky sure thanks Lisa and I feel the same way (laughs) Um, I'm glad we stayed in touch all these years Um, it's been a lot to me so um, as Lisa said, my name is Becky Cutright, and I graduated from Truman State University in 2008. And while I was at Truman, I got my Bachelor of Arts in Communication. And as Lisa said, I was her intern at the Career Center. Um, so I did event planning and communications and learned a lot, uh, not just about the profession I was entering into, but a lot about myself. Um, and I've continued to learn about myself a lot throughout my uh, professional growth. So uh, that's some things I'm going to talk about um, with you all today. And after Truman, I entered the workforce, you know, young, eager, thought I knew it all. <laughs> and um, about a year into working, I realized I actually really missed school and education and having uh I'll say intelligent conversations with people because, you know, it was also work driven. Um, So I went to Washington university and got my master's of liberal arts and graduated there in 2010. And then I've been working ever since I've had, um, I will say three big girl jobs since I graduated from Truman. I, I had one job right after college that lasted about four weeks and it was the worst job I've ever had, but I also learned a lot from it, uh, but I don't count it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we want to talk about today is the, the stuff no one ever tells you. And so I thought Becky would be the perfect person to reach out to. She's been out of the workforce or out into the workforce for the better part of the decade, I guess now, right? When did you graduate from Truman? Right, 2008, so 10 years. Yeah, wow, you old lady, you. Um, (laughs) And I just thought she was the perfect, uh, you know, my my ideal target market for this podcast is 22 to 32-year-old college graduates. So she's kind of at the end of that cycle, and I knew that she would have lots of wisdom and, and words to share with you. And so uh, I think she's got five points that she wants to, to share with you guys. So Becky, what's number one? 
So the very first thing that I wanted to share with everybody, something that I continue to remind myself of, is you have to balance ambition with humility because you will always have something to learn and you will always have opportunities for improvement. And so introspection is really key. And, you know, you might enter a job thinking, you know, I'm ready for this. I've got everything going on. I'm going to do such a good job. And, and you probably will if you're that confident. Um, but you also have to have humility and you also have to realize that you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And with every mistake comes an opportunity to learn from it. And anytime, and, and I've seen a lot of progression in myself over the years, you know, at first, if I made a mistake, you know, when I was in my early 20s, um, I was very defensive about it. Um, I didn't ask myself, okay, what could have gone better? What could I have done better? Uh, and, and I learned over the course of several years that actually making mistakes was okay. That's how you learn. And if I had humility, if I took a step back and thought, okay, Becky, could you have handled that better? Was there a different way? And if I got advice from uh, folks with more experience or who had been in my shoes, I came to find that, you know, having that introspection was really important and it actually has helped me um, advance my career uh, more quickly uh, in these last few years than all of my other jobs previously. I think that's such a beautiful point, and I think it's so applicable not only to your work life, but to life in general. And instead of deflecting or trying to put blame on someone else when there's an issue, something comes up, a disagreement in a significant relationship in your life, whether it's in work or, or outside of work, just really looking at what was my role in that, not from a place of blame, but from a place of curiosity and how can I learn from this? Exactly. And it's a, it's a hard lesson to learn sometimes, um, and it's one that you'll learn over and over again because every situation is different and every person is different, which, which leads me to my second point. Um, you are going to encounter difficult personalities everywhere <laughs> all the time, and you have to know that most times it is about the other person but the whole situation is about how you handle it. So I learned this at my internship at the Career Center. I've learned this in every job I've had since then. You know, everyone is different. People work differently. It's not just about introverts and extroverts. I used to think that, and I, and I used to blame that. I used to say, like, well, I'm an extrovert, and that person's an introvert, and that's why we butt heads, or that's why I see things differently. But anyone who's in the position that they're in, for the most part, got there for a reason. You have to know that even if you don't really work well with someone, they probably add value. And so you have to recognize that, respect it, and consider it when you are being introspective <laughs> about how you are. Yeah. Uh, I've shared this, you know, Lisa, with you before, but I've had people over the course of my entire life, and even in my professional career, tell me that I can be overwhelming you know, that I'm extroverted and um, gregarious and things that I are very positive for me, uh, but for other personalities uh, can, can be a little overwhelming. 
so again, something I've learned over the years is it's best not to be defensive or to place blame on that person or say, well, this is all their fault and their problem. It, it might be their problem, but you have to handle it. And so my advice there is, you know, if you work for a company who offers training or courses or things where you can go and learn conflict management or how to better communicate in the workplace, take advantage of those opportunities full force. Uh, because like I said before, you will always have something to learn and we all have opportunities for improvement. Um, and no matter what those difficult personalities are, because believe me, I have encountered racism, sexism, um, people who are just rude, who think they know it all. And, you know, at the end of the day, you can only handle yourself um, and, and work on you. And so, again, it, it's just, it's all about you here. And it's okay to be selfish in that regard, <laughs> I think. I think you had a tremendous learning experience in the internship with one particular personality issue. We both know who we're, we're speaking of here. And I think mm -hmm. that um, I watched you and grew a great deal of respect for you in a situation where someone much older than you was um, really, really coming down hard on you for in, in, in a very unprofessional way. And you handled it so much more maturely than she did. And I, I think I, I, I'd love to hear you speak to that because I think that was a I mean, you were still very young then, and, and it could have gone, and I know you were very hurt by the situation, but I watched how you processed it and made meaning out of it, and, and I think a very professional way, a very mature way. Well, thank you. Um, basically, the situation was um, someone, you know, who was not my supervisor, but, but who was in, um, you know, a, a, a role that I had some accountability to in some regard. Um, thought that I hadn't communicated details of an event we were putting on very clearly, effectively. Um, I am notorious for being a procrastinator. I work best under pressure. And this individual uh, was very upset because, um, you know, she thought I had procrastinated a little too much. And what happened was she did not, you know, again, she was not my boss, but she was certainly in a position where she could have pulled me aside and said, Becky, you know, um, I really feel like this could have gone better um, or you could have handled this differently. And instead, she chose to speak negatively about me to a peer. And I walked in on them when she was talking poorly about me. And, you know, of course, she had her tail between her legs and, you know, she was embarrassed. But because I kind of caught her in the act, then she got very defensive and kind of tried to deny what was happening. And I... I don't know why, but like kind of like a calm came over me. And I said, you know, if you've got an issue with me or my work, you're always welcome to come and speak to me about it or my, my boss. <laughs> you know, we were, we were a very small crew there at the career center. And so it just kind of blew me away that she didn't feel that she could come give me direct feedback. And I think anybody who knows me knows I'll talk to anybody about anything. I'm a pretty open book. And you know, of course, being older now, I think, well, maybe, you know, she thought I wouldn't handle the feedback well. Maybe she thought I would be defensive. But at the end of the day, she was much older, much more experienced. And for working at a career center, she should have known, you know, the proper channels to, um, you know, 
give that feedback to me, whether it was directly or through, you know, Lisa here as my, as my supervisor. So, and I've always carried that experience with me because really you have to just kind of face things head on because it doesn't do any good to, you know, turn the other cheek to it. So. Well, and I think it's also a, a, a good case in point that it isn't always the more senior, older staff member who's going to do the quote unquote right thing. And sometimes you as the millennial, as uncomfortable as that may be, you may have to be the one to step up, not from a place of I'm right and you're wrong, but from opening a dialogue and, and having a conversation to resolve a problem. Unfortunately, it's not always the more senior employee who's willing to do that. No, and and honestly, I think one of the reasons I felt comfortable enough to address it head on was because, I mean, there was a part of me that, that knew that there was some truth to what she was saying. You know, I mean, I am a procrastinator, and um, I probably could have done better communicating some details or, or filling people in. And I knew how she worked and operated, and I did not consider her and her needs. And, you know, maybe that would be going above and beyond at my age, <laughs> you know, if I had even thought of that in my experience. Um, but again, it, it's an experience that I carry with me now. And I do think about from time to time when I'm faced with this situation. So um, it wasn't fun at the time, but I'm, I'm grateful for the experience. So that was number two and, and different personalities is, is definitely a big one. I do, as you know, Becky, a lot of work with the Myers-Briggs. I'm a master practitioner of that tool. And I love to go into organizations. I'm actually going up to New York um, next week to work with a group, the the, the Tops Corporation, the Bazooka Bubblegum people, um, on personalities in the workplace so that they can be a more cohesive team. So I totally agree with you. Anytime you can get any kind of training on communication, uh, conflict management, uh, mediation, any of those kinds of things can be really helpful and in your work, uh, in your career. So what's number three? So number three, um, and this kind of goes along with what we were just kind of discussing with training and everything else. I think you should always have a mentor because I think I would have done a lot less griping <laughs> and been able to learn more um, if early in my career, right after college, I had um, someone that I could hook up with locally who I could talk to whenever I needed to um, about professional matters, um, the good, the bad, and, and the ugly. I mean, you know, of course, I would reach out, you know, to you, Lisa, and talk to you from time to time. But right now where I work, we have an official mentorship program. And, you know, you reach out to somebody who you admire and respect and ask them to be your mentor and it has just made a huge difference um, you know because it's easy to complain about something uh, with coworkers or colleagues and sometimes that just you know spreads toxicity and, and you don't need that if, but when you have a mentor you can go to someone and you can be open and honest with them you know it should be someone you trust and it's not just about griping or complaining it's, it's about getting feedback um, you know, I go to my mentor and I'll say, okay, I was presented with this opportunity and here's how I handled it. What do you think? Have you ever been in a situation like this? Um, and like I said, it, it doesn't always have to be negative in tone. Um, you know, sometimes I'm like, hey, I, I think I'm going to pitch this idea. I'm kind of wondering um, if this is how I should go about it. What do you think? 
Um, and my and I have a very formal mentor, and then I also have a couple of informal mentors. You know, people who are kind of more on the peer level. Um, and so I wish I had had the opportunity uh, to have that on the onset of my career because I think it would have made a big difference, and not just having to you know Google for advice <laughs> or uh, you know uh, you know bother Lisa all the time and, and ask all kinds of questions. Um, having somebody local who you can see face-to-face, I think, is really important. And I meet with my mentor once a month. And the other thing I want to say is, you know, a mentor-mentee relationship should be reciprocal. You know, you can't just be on the take. Um, and so I want to make sure that my mentor gets something out of our relationship, too. Um, so it's a very, like I said, reciprocal relationship, and I think it's important to have that early on in your career and for the duration of your career. And, of course, that person or people might change over time, um, but having somebody that you know and trust um, who you can talk about work stuff and you know personal stuff with, depending on the level of that relationship, is really healthy, I think, um, and it makes a big difference. How do you suggest that someone identify a mentor, assuming that their company doesn't do that formally? Sure. So, you know, it could be somebody in your industry that you know and respect, and you don't even have to know them that well, personally. Sometimes that's even better because they come at it more objectively. Um, Before I uh, started my current job, At a previous job, um, I reached out to somebody who I had just met through conferences and meetings about town and just asked, you know, like, hey, would you be up for getting coffee sometime? You know, really respect and admire you and kind of interested about how you got, you know, to where you are in your career. And I'm I'm also kind of interested in what you're doing. And, you know, I just reached out to that individual kind of one off and you know, we still talk, you know, here and there, which is great. Um, so, so just being honest with someone like, Hey, would you mind getting together? And, you know, I really, um, I admire you or, you know, I'm just kind of interested in learning more about what you do. You know, would you mind sharing that with me? I think that's a beautiful thing. Just being willing to reach out and ask and knowing that not everyone is going to say yes, but it's rarely about you it's most likely about whatever else they have on their plate or just their, their personalities. They're not inclined to offer that, that help. Right. And the other thing you can do is, you know, if there's someone you work with who, um, again, somebody that you trust, maybe it's your boss, but maybe, you know, you don't really want your boss to be your mentor. You know, you need, you need somebody, you know, totally on the side that you can go talk to. But I even asked my boss, at my current job, you know, hey, this is who I'm thinking about being my mentor. I don't know her very well, but you know, I, I respect her and admire her. Would you help me make that connection? And so she did. So that's something else that you can do is, is ask somebody you work with to help you make that connection. I know that when I first went to Truman, I had one of the few mentors I've ever really had in my life. I've not been blessed in that regard. And she was someone who worked Under my boss, we both responded or reported to the same person, but she was in a completely different department, different building, and had been there forever. And I found her help incredibly useful in the sense that she 
understood the politics because higher education is nothing if it's not political and helping me to understand and navigate the politics of the university, especially because I was in a position of leadership. Um, that was unbelievably valuable to me. And the fact that I could just call her and say, can we meet over in the coffee shop in the student union? And, and in 10 minutes I would have her. I didn't abuse that of course, but just to know that she was there um, was really a game changer for me because I had moved a thousand miles away from anybody that I knew. Mm -hmm. I moved my family to a state I had never been to before. And as you well know, we were, you know, I always say there was corn on one side and cows on the other in Brooksville, uh, <laughs> Missouri. And so it was so helpful to have that. And so whether it's that kind of thing that you're navigating or it's, you know, I don't know this work, it's, it's new to me. I'm, I'm learning how to do the job or whatever the case may be having the right mentor to solve for that issue that you're challenged with is so helpful. Absolutely. And, and for me, sometimes just knowing that I have my meeting coming up with my mentor, you know, helps me think through something, you know, like, okay, well, when I meet with my mentor, I'm going to talk to her about this and here are the points I'm going to, you know, discuss with her. And it just kind of helps me think through any particular situation I might be in, you know, particularly if it's something, um, that I'm struggling with or challenged by. Excellent. I love that one. So what's number four? So number four is to listen to your gut, good mm. and bad, because you know what's right and what's wrong. And I mean this from the most highest, you know, 50,000 foot view um, to the, the very minute thing. So, <laughs> I mean, I had this uh, experience the other day, and it's a very small example, but, you know, I, I went to send an email to one of our executives about a presentation that I knew she needed support with. And in my gut, I thought, I should probably copy this person. And then I thought, oh, he won't care. You know, he won't need to know. And I didn't do it. And then today in a staff meeting, in front of everybody, he, he was like, oh, and one last thing, Becky, I saw that, you know, you reached out um, to so-and-so for uh, presentation topics. In the future, could you copy me on that? And I was like, oh, of course. And I thought, man, <laughs> you know, I should have copied him. And I didn't listen to my gut. And that's a very, you know, tiny example. Um, but then there are other things, uh, you know, in, in previous positions where, you know, for example, um, I had an experience with an intern. Um, she had interned for me. She had done a really good job. And um, it, long story short, we just kind of came to a situation where I was trying to listen to my gut about the right thing to do in a situation, and I just dug my heels in. Um, and I know I'm being a little ambiguous, so, you know, I might want to find a better example, but... Um, I knew what the right thing to do was and I didn't do it because I just dug my heels in because I thought I was right. Um, and at the end of the day, I may have been right, but um, I, it, it didn't reflect uh, positively on me. Uh, it looked like I was uh, being difficult for no reason, even though I had my reasons. And in my gut, I knew I just needed to get over myself um, I didn't pick my battle <laughs> right in that regard. Uh, and so, you know, you, you just got to listen to your gut. You know, it will, it will tell you what's right and what's wrong. Um, and I'll leave, I'll leave that at that. 
I have found that when I don't trust my gut, I am wrong 100% of the time. <laughs> little voice is there. And typically we women have a better, more developed sense of that sometimes than, than the dudes do. But really listening to that voice and trusting that there's a reason that that voice is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. You can't see it. It yep. doesn't make any sense right now, but it's it's there for a reason. So I love that one. And I think that's mm-hmm. so important professionally because while, you know, if we circle back around to number one and that humility, you know, you do want to be able to say you're sorry and to, and to recognize when you've made mistakes. It's nice to, it, sometimes you can avoid those mistakes by listening to your gut. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And number five. Number five, give others the spotlight. You know, you're going to work with a lot of people. Um, you may be in a support role. You may be in a leadership role. But it is so important to thank people. Um, I had a boss once who said, I don't thank people because that's what the money's for. <laughs> you know, you, you, you get paid. And that's how we say thank you. And I have never agreed with that philosophy um, in my personal life. I still think thank you cards are the best things ever handwritten. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but to give others the spotlight, to be grateful, to say thank you, to call someone out when they've done a good job and to copy their boss on an email, um, to, to just spread that positivity. It goes further than any gift, any reward. Um, any monetary value. I mean, ev- everyone I talk to, they're like, you know, I, it's not that I need a pat on the back, but just to know that someone thinks I'm doing a good job, man, that just carries a lot of weight. And so I know, and, and it's, it's my personality. I mean, I do, I do like being recognized. The older I get, uh, the less important it becomes to me. Um, I don't mind kind of being that backup singer, you know, and, and playing that role. Uh, but as much as I can, especially when I see somebody young in their career, like our interns right now, whenever I have an intern helping me, I let whoever they are reporting to know how much I appreciate them. I let that person know. Um, and even if you have been in lockstep with someone and you've both carried the weight, um, to, to let others know that that person has done a good job and that they have carried the weight. Uh, it goes a long way because, especially if you're being genuine and authentic about it, um, it just says a lot about your character and personality. And especially in the workplace, it's good to not be seen as someone who hogs the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you do a good job, great. You know, it's awesome to be recognized for that. But make sure that you give other people opportunity and, and room for growth. Um, and and again, it just, it, it, you don't do it for this selfish reason, but it does look good if you are seen as somebody who gets out of other people's way. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes is from Tina Fey from her book, Bossy Pants, where she talks about, you know, the best boss is somebody who hires good people and then gets out of their way. And I really think that that's true for bosses, managers, but I also think it's good from a peer level. And that's something that I've recently learned is it might not even be that somebody wants the spotlight. They just want to know that their work is valued. And so any way that you can 
do that and, and shed light on that person and what they're doing, it, it will just, it will carry you so far. I couldn't agree more. And, and a couple things I would tag on with that is that you want to be very specific with your with your praise so that they know, I think I just, uh, just talked about this in a recent podcast, but being very specific when you, when you give praise or give feedback of any sort so that they know what it is they did well, because if you want someone to repeat that behavior, they have to know exactly what it was that you were, that you're happy with. And then second of all, I know you talked about kind of it being verbal and non, um, non-monetary, but I also think it's important that the reward be in, be kind of commensurate with the thing. So if someone gave up their entire weekend to get you out of a bind with a big project that you had, you know, maybe, maybe movie tickets or, you know, a, a, a gift card to a restaurant would be very appropriate. Even if it's your peer, you can still do those kind of things. And it may not have a lot of monetary value, but it will mean the world to them. Right. Well, and, and I will say, you know, we have a program at work, which is great, um, where managers have the ability to give out lunch cards. And as an employee, I can go to my manager and say, hey, you know, Lisa really helped me out with something on this project, and I just couldn't have gotten it done without her. Um, can I please have a lunch card that I can give to her? And your manager, you know, just signs off on it. And then, you know, you can go put it in a thank you card if you want to, and it gives somebody um, a, a full lunch, you know, drink, dessert, you know, the, the whole shebang. And one of our senior vice presidents gave me one a few weeks ago, and it just blew my mind because I didn't think I had really done anything special, but apparently I had, you know, relieved um, some nervousness he had about something. And he came by and handed me a thank you card with a lunch card in it. And he, he was like, I just so appreciate your can-do attitude and your willingness to help. And he gave that to me on a Friday afternoon. And I don't think I stopped smiling the whole weekend because it was, it was just, you know, gratitude. Yes. And, and like you said, Lisa, you know, it could be something small, um, you know, like baking cookies for somebody, something like that. But just to show someone that you appreciate the effort they've given, you know, even if it isn't above and beyond, just acknowledging it is, is really special and, and important. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I think that's a great idea for anybody who's out there in a company with a position to put in a a suggestion in their comment box about, you know, having, having thank you cards with a meal in the cafeteria or something like that. I think that's such an inexpensive way to show appreciation. So I love that. So we have balancing ambition with humility. Yes. You want to get out there and save the world and change the world, but at the same time, be humble, be willing to learn and, and recognize that you don't know everything. Um, understand and and be prepared for the different personalities you're going to run into in the workforce and understand that um, they have their perspective and it may be very different from your perspective and it doesn't make one of you right and one of you wrong. It's just different. Right. Um, Find a mentor early and, and know that that mentor may change as your role changes, your company changes and your needs change Uh, professionally. It doesn't mean that you have to, completely lose contact with that old mentor, but maybe it's time to, to change and get a new, a new one as time goes through. Um, and then listen to your gut uh, 100% of the time. Um, make your decisions based on facts and figures, yes, but consult your gut before deciding. And then finally, 
be generous with praise and giving the spotlight to your coworkers, your boss, reports as you have them. Um, be generous with that and, and find creative ways to say thank you. Any, any final words you want to say, Becky? I think you summarized it great. Um, I thank you for the opportunity to do this. Um, this was just, as I was thinking about what to say, this was a good exercise for me to think like, okay, what's some of the stuff that nobody tells you that you think are given, that you think you know, but you know, sometimes you have to learn the hard way. Um, so I, I thank you for the opportunity because uh, it was fun to sit back and kind of think about these and reflect on situations uh, you know, good and bad that have helped me uh, get to where I am today. So I thank you. Oh, it was my pleasure. I'm so excited that you were willing to do this and, uh, and share your expertise with the audience. And so um, I don't know if you can tell them real quick where you work. Are you able to say that? Or is it like a big secret? Oh, it's not a big secret. Um, I'm a communications consultant for the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. And I have no idea, guys, what it, what she does. She's tried to explain it. And I'm, I, I think at the time she was trying to explain it to me, I didn't really, I don't think she knew either. And <laughs> pretty sure she had no idea because she was just in the, like, the hiring phases. So I, I don't know what she does, but she, I, all I know is that there's a lot of security to get into her building. Um, <laughs> and apparently they treat her really nice there, which is a fantastic thing. So I hope that for all of you that you find a wonderful employer that appreciates you and that treats you like gold. But what I will say is that you'll probably learn more from the less than great employers that you will have along the way. If you haven't experienced it yet, it's only because you haven't experienced it yet. It's going to happen. And in retrospect, you'll understand why you had that experience at the time. It will suck. I can promise you but you're going to learn so much more for, from it probably than you will the great experiences that you have, but it all goes together to make a career. So I hope this has been helpful to you guys and I will talk to you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the exclusive career coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of exclusive career coaching. It would be great if you would rate review and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.